Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Kelly Jane Torrance, who is managing editor of the Weekly Standard and uh, a very regular contributor to Spectator USA. And we're going to be asking, is Donald Trump's Iran strategy starting to work? So, Kelly, in May, uh, Donald Trump tore up the JCPOA, the, the Iran deal. And uh, the reaction certainly here in London was typical Trump. He's done something crazy. Most European countries were aghast at the idea. Um, they thought uh, the Iran deal, for all its faults, was uh, a measure that stabilised the Middle East. Uh, you did not think that, and you now think that um, the world is coming around slowly, and particularly Europe and France, in fact, uh, are coming around to the idea that Trump may have been right all along on Iran. Can you explain why you're thinking that? This last week, Freddie, has seen some real uh, movement on Iran, and a lot of it gets tied back to Trump's withdrawal from the JCPOA. Now, of course, you will recall that right when uh, Trump was making his decision, Emmanuel Macron actually came to D.C. and he was trying to persuade Trump to stay in the deal. Yes, but and we sent Boris know, Johnson at the time. And, and it did not work. And now it's France that is starting to get a lot tougher on Tehran. So just uh, this week, the Foreign Ministry, Ministry of France released a memo saying that it would, it would not let its diplomats go to Iran uh, except for very essential travel. And it is saying, you know, do, and it's said to pass this on to other departments too. It doesn't want any French government workers to be going to Iran. And one of the reasons that it gave is the fact that it looks like the regime was part of a plot to bomb an Iran resistance group rally that was held in near just outside Paris in July. Um, now that that plot was foiled. You had a married couple who were arrested in Belgium. And the woman had enough explosives in her makeup case to kill a lot of people. Mm. And in Germany, an Iranian diplomat was arrested. This is a diplomat who's based in Vienna. And so it looks like the regime was trying to bomb an event on French soil. And by the way, there were a lot of people at that event, not just Iranian dissidents, a lot of supporters of Iranian freedom. And, you know, President's lawyer Rudy Giuliani spoke there. You had uh, former uh, Democratic Governor Bill Richardson former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper, a lot of people uh, would have been killed and it would have been a huge international thing. And so that case is still going through the courts. But France said, look, this, these guys are trying to you know, bomb an event on French soil. We do not go there. The, this, is, this is not good. And it's fascinating to me because it's not just diplomatically, it's also economically. I mean, one of the big reasons that France wanted to stay in the JCPOA is because a lot of French companies were trying to make money. Well, since... Trump withdrew from the JCPOA, uh, you've got Total, the French oil and gas company, and uh, Renault and PSA uh, car companies are saying, you know what, we're, we're not, we're not going to do business with Iran anymore. And so, you know, everybody was saying, well, hey, let's, let's try to, you know, Europe was going to try and stay in this. No, they are coming around, I think, to Donald Trump's point of view, which is that this is a dangerous, murderous regime, and Western countries should not do business and give this regime, the but economic resources. However, however, however dangerous and murderous it is, I mean, if that story is correct, that's quite a departure from Tehran's usual strategy to actually commit, uh, to sponsor an act of terrorism in France, right? 
That's not something the Iranians have done much recently. You're right, Freddie, and I think that's it's really one sign, I think, of their desperation. And, you know, you've, so you had these protests that began in late December, and they started out as economic protests, and within hours turned into political protests. And you had people on the street shouting, down with the dictator, down with Rani, down with Khomeini. Mm. Uh, which, you know, this is, this is uh, something legal, of course, in Iran to, to criticize the governments. These people were their lives. And so these protests have been waved off and on in terms of their intensity since then. And the regime is, is worried. And I think that is one reason why it, that led them to, uh, to, to, to have this, this terrorist plot. And I have to say, just this week, uh, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani was speaking in parliament. And he was saying that, um, you know, he actually addressing the protests and said that he thinks that those protests that started in December actually encouraged Donald Trump the JCPOA. So it's a very interesting. You know, this really does show the regime's desperation. Is is they're they're you know they're so worried that their their regime's going to fall because people are fed up and and risking their lives to pro- protest it. So I think they're they're looking at what are what are, what are some ways we can stay in power. Yes. And so you see something, as you say, very unexpected. Well, what I mean, I suppose uh, coming from my position, I tend to be fairly uh, sceptical of, of the Iran hawks. Um, I know you, you and I would probably disagree about this, but it often looked to me as though the protest movement in Iran is is slightly uh, astroturfed, should we call it? Is it? It's not. It's not quite as. I mean, I know that there is. There have been huge protests. Um, but it's not necessarily about uh, regime change or the things that the West wants it to be about. Uh, am I completely wrong there? Or yeah. tell- you know, I, I have to say I, I disagree with you on on that one, Freddie. And um, you know, and that's you listen to the things that that people are chanting. Mm. Um, you know, again, so it started. You know, of course, you know, everyone talks about it started economic protests. You had the price of eggs had gone up incredibly. Uh, I mean, this is a country that you know billions of dollars out of the jcpoa directly mm. uh, not even talking about you know economic deals directly and none of that many went to the people it, the regime spent it on hezbollah it spent it in syria and the people saw this and they saw that you know the the budget came out more money for the military more money for the irgc and social services were being cut and so that led to these protests but they very quickly became political because people realized this regime has been in power for 39 years has never been interested in helping the people. So as soon as the protests began, you know, you had people saying, down with dictator, down with Ronnie, down with Khomeini, and, and saying things like, you know, hardliners, moderates, the game is up, which really is rejecting a, uh, a narrative that, that is particularly popular in the West, which is that, you know, the government has some moderate elements that that could, could change the nature of the regime. Well, no, you can't. This, this regime is based on uh, one man, one rule, Khomeini uh, being the, the supreme leader. And so, you know, that's, that's in their constitution. You can't, you can't really have uh, reform under a system like that. And so, you know, you had people saying, you know, not Gaza, not, not Syria, I lay my life down for Iran. I mean, mm. they're rejecting the very basis uh, of this regime, which, which of course is to spread, the regime is to spread the revolution and also to, to you know, distract from, I mean, one of the reasons it does foreign adventures and partly is to, to uh, you know, advance the revolution, but also partly to distract from the fact that it is doing absolutely nothing 
for its own people and, you know, looking for scapegoats and, and what what's the reason the country is doing so poorly. And so, yeah, you had people, I mean, these people say they want regime change. Now, you know, when people hear the word regime change here in, in America, they sort of have short memories. You know, they think of Iraq uh, in, in the early 2000s. Well, that's not what these people are talking about. They're, they're saying they want regime change because they want this murderous regime out and they're not saying necessarily that hey we want america to come in with tanks and guns and, and take that out yeah. um you know I, they they talk a bit more about you know the soviet model you know ronald reagan margaret thatcher pope john paul ii giving moral support uh to the dissidents of the soviet union and and that's i think that's one of the things they're looking for in the west right now and so you know I think the word regime change, we should maybe go back a little further in history than just the last 15 years. Yes. And I mean, I, well, I suppose we, but there was some excitement around 2008, 2009, around the Green the green Movement, um, and it was felt that Obama hadn't done enough. Is, is your thinking now that Trump is uh, concerned enough about Iran, is, takes Iran seriously enough as a threat globally, that he'd be more willing to stoke up uh, revolution to possibly even intervene himself, particularly with John Bolton advising him on the National Security Council. You feel that the the hawkish position on Iran now is 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 being validated and is 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 more ready to go, as it were. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting uh, question, Freddie. What what the what 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 you mean by hawkish, right? Because I mean I support regime change in Iran because I want the Iranian people to have the same freedoms that that we do here in America and that every human being. But what does, uh, now, does that mean that I think that we should go in and, uh, you know, take them out? But I, not necessarily. And a lot of the Iranians are saying they, they don't want that. But what do you think would happen if, let's say, you know, assassination attempt on Khomeini, which is something people talk about a lot? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the rumor is he's, he's close to death anyway. You know, he has cancer, so it's uh, <laughs> it's unclear whether that's even necessary. Yes. But, yeah, no, and, and you bring up the 2009, which is great, a great point, because... Obama really did not support the freedom fighters of Iran then. He was more concerned with the nuclear deal. And and people of Iran know that. And, and, you know, there was actually a chant at the time, Obama, are you with us or against us? Mm. Um, and and so, so I think, you know, I have talked to people, uh, you know, uh, Iranian dissidents who say that it has helped knowing that America is now led by someone who will not kowtow to this regime. And I think it has, uh, you know, made them a little more sure that, hey, if we if we protest, if we if we fight for our freedom, America may, you know, be a little more likely to have our back. We've got some international support. And so that does help. I mean, you know, when you have what people risking get- their lives for their freedom, it, they, you know, it, it helps them to know that somebody, some big player in the international community may be behind them. What, what percentage, just so we have a sort of idea of what we're talking about here, what percentage would you guess uh, of, of Iranians prefer Trump's approach to Obama's in terms of how America is treating Iran? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I hate to give an exact percentage. I mean, you cannot, you can't poll in Iran. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, a lot of people who say they know exactly how the people are feeling. It's, I, I'm skeptical because, yes. again, it's illegal in that country to criticize the government. And by the way, criticizing the government is taken very, very loosely. You know, I talked, last year I talked to uh, three young people, uh, two in their 20s, one in his early 30s, who had all been jailed in Iran and all left Iran in the last year and a half. One of them had been jailed because he 
had been working to help people in, in sort of more rural areas of Iran who weren't getting the help from their own regime. And they put him in jail saying that for him to be showing and, and working to, and for these people who were not getting help from their own government was an implicit criticism of the regime. So they, you know, the, it's very loosely, loosely held. But yeah, I mean, nobody, you know, you, when, if you look at the protests that have taken place since December, it's a huge uh, number of people, and it's it's across all demographics. Now, the two thousand nine Green Movement that was more centered in Tehran. It was more of an intellectual, uh, university students, that sort of thing. This th- these protests, it's across. First of all, it's across the country. I mean, they actually started you know, in, in uh, Isfahan and, and spread all through the country. So it wasn't just centered in Tehran. And you've had lots of different groups who have, who have gone on strike. You had the truck drivers have gone on multiple strikes. You had, um, you know, uh, the Bazari even shut down bazaars. And I, to me, this was, this is when I really started to think a revolution could, could really be brewing uh, because the Bazari is so important uh, in Iran. And, and, you know, I don't think that the Islamic Revolution of 1979 would have gone ahead if the Bazaris hadn't finally uh, gave up their support for the Shah and, and transferred it, uh, their allegiance to the revolutionaries. So you, you're seeing this in all, you know, young, old, men, women, all parts of society. And so to me, that indicates that this government has completely lost the support of its people. And, you know, the, the government's support is always sort of the, uh, the basis, as it were, has always been... You know, in the, in the rural, more rural areas, uh, the, the sort of lower class, uh, poor people. Well, they, they've, they, those people no longer support this regime. They are some of the most vociferous protesters. So if and you, so I think, if if you rather than John Bolton were whispering in the president's ear, what to do next in Iran? What would you, what would you say? Would you, would, do you think that the path he's pursuing so far is correct, and he should just pursue it harder, or what would be your advice to Trump on Iran? Yeah, I think I think what they're doing so far is good. I would do a bit more. I mean, so you have the regime; it's constantly um, shutting off the internet. It's blocking uh, access to apps like uh, like um, Telegram, which people are using to organize and communicate and to get footage out to the outside world about how they're being treated. So, you know, a lot of people uh, I've talked to can say, "Hey, you know, you can we get some some Westerners to to supply us with some satellite internet?" Um, so that the regime can't keep us from communicating, organizing, and getting the word out to, to people within Iran and outside Iran. I mean, that's a very simple thing that wouldn't require any sort of uh, guns or weapons. No boots on the ground there. Um, so things like that, I mean, we, you know, we, we need to help these, these freedom fighters. I mean, they're, they're ready to take back their country. Um, but it's, you know, when, you, it's when you're facing a regime that, that has the guns and it has the, uh, the power, it's very difficult to do, and so I think things like that, supporting the dissidents in 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 in, in ways like that, are, is one thing that we could do that would really really help. And again, I I just you know keep going with the uh, with the sanctions and and don't stop. I mean, you've you've got the first round that just kicked in, and now in um, this fall you're going to have the the oil sanctions kicking in even more, and so just don't back down. And a lot of people worried they were going to back down. They thought that you know Europe was going to going to stand tough and uh, you know it was going to be EU versus Trump. Who's going to who's going to win? But you're already seeing Europe backing down, as we saw with with France this week and 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 previously. So I think it is working. But you know they could use they could use a bit more help. 
Kelly, I know you've got to uh, run off and um, put an issue of the Weekly Standard to bed, so I will let you go. But uh, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me.